0: Let's do it, mate. (laughs) I'm cutting that in for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are back with another episode of the Do As I Say, Not As I Did podcast. This is episode number two. So each week, I bring on founders, investors, product experts, technology, futurists, sales gurus, really just anyone who's really smart and can help us work out how to build a great business. And together, we answer the questions you send through about what's going on in your lives and your businesses. So if you have any questions or you're trying to put out fires in your business and if you're in business, you're definitely trying to put out fires, send us a question, send us an email and we'll workshop it with the best. Uh, So if you've got those questions, send them through to podcast at joelditropani.com. If you're watching, it's going to be on the screen and I know it's a mouthful, so I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. So you can just copy and paste that one, but it's podcast at joelditropani.com. I'm your host, Joel DiTrapani, weirdly enough, from that email address. uh, I'm I'm the co-founder and co-CEO of Vigo, which is an edtech scale-up growing through Australia, through the UK, and now we're focused on the US. On top of that, I'm an advisor and coach in the product space, where I help startups and businesses work out how to actually run great product teams and build great products. And today, I'm really excited to be joined by Corey Hibben who is the host of the Health Hustle Podcast, a show by health and fitness professionals for health and fitness professionals, which has actually just recently ticked over 100 episodes, which is huge. In both his personal and business lives, Corey is the king of consistency. Whether it's posting on LinkedIn every day for years or exercising for 1,400 days in a row, he doesn't half do anything. Outside of the podcasting world, Corey's also built and runs the Andro Brands Agency, which helps health and fitness professionals build their own businesses. Then to add to all of that, Corey runs the biggest health meetup in Austin, often bringing 100 different health entrepreneurs together every single month. But what I love more than anything is how insanely intentional Corey is with his time. Everything he does just makes perfect sense together and there's never a minute wasted in his life. I call this the Corey Hibben approach, which I often steal things from, and I'm actually trademarking, <laughs> but Corey, mate, thank you so much for coming on today. I-
1: I'm super excited to-, to jump into it. That <clears throat> That's probably the best intro I think I've ever had, so thank you for that. You were, speaking of intentional, that was an intentional intro, so I appreciate that a lot, man. That was great. I love that, man. Well, look, before we get into the emails today, can you
0: tell us a little bit more about the Health Hustle podcast?
1: Yeah, you nailed it we talked to health and fitness entrepreneurs and it's really about the lessons learned along the way and so i'm honestly super excited to talk about other business marketing sales related topics with you because those are conversations i have on my podcast show literally every single week and so to dive into some of the specific questions that people have i'm pumped about that
0: awesome man well let's jump into email number one now again if you've got questions uh send them through and one request i have is Send through as many analogies as you can. Last week, we just had some with just so many strange analogies. So the better the analogy, um, the the more likely it's going to get right on the pod. So this week's email, uh, email number one is called mentor fail. Been trying to find a mentor for ages and it's been a spectacular fail. Feel like I'm hitting a wall. Never been great at networking, even pre-COVID. Tried everything, meetups, fancy summits, you name it but no dice, couldn't make a single meaningful connection. Thought I could replace people with books, but every time I put theory into practice, it backfires. It's like a terrible Groundhog Day loop. Honestly, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do next. End of confession, thanks for reading. Sincerely yours, Dana White. Also, I forgot to tell you, Corey, I take names out and I just put celebrity names in with anyone that I've seen in the news in that week.
1: I was like, there's no way, I was like, Dana White. Wait a minute, what's going
0: on here? <laughs> Don't know why <how> <laughs> to meet people. But yeah, I, yeah, I really. thought you'd like this one because you know how to meet people. Like uh, you you've run this meetup every single month. You bring uh, an incredible group of people together. This person's feeling a little bit nervous. They, they, they tried a bunch of stuff. Where would you recommend they get started?
1: Yeah, I'll just speak from personal experience. Uh, when I first started the agency, I found a mentor that was literally in my local community who was already doing exactly what I wanted to do. I found his name on a website. I shot him an email and I was like, hey, uh, I have similar interests and passions of essentially doing what you're doing. And he wasn't somebody that was like promoting himself as like a coach or a consultant or a mentor of anything in that form. He was just somebody that was already doing something that I wanted to do. And I reached out to him, we got together, we connected and we jived really well. And that ultimately led to somebody who's still now to this day, we actually just were on a call three weeks ago uh, literally still mentors me today. And so I guess really the first thing I would think about, and I'd be curious as to what you think about is that who are the people that you already know, or you could find that are just a little bit ahead of where you're at and how can you start a conversation with them? I think that's step one, one number one. And then number two, from something I've learned from so many of the episodes that I've had on the show is that I would argue mentorship is like ranks close to number one of the most important thing in terms of like helping people scale their business, but a really important nugget of that, which I've learned from all these other people that I've talked to is it has to be somebody that like you like, honestly, like somebody you like admire in some way or you think is doing something really cool. Cause like if you don't have just that baseline level of like respect and admiration for them, you're probably not going to listen to them. So I think that's a really important piece of it. But what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I'm I think about it maybe in like just meeting people and then meeting mentors as as two kind of different ideas, but I really echo that sentiment that you do need to admire them in some way or another. You need to have some kind of reference for this person because more than anything, mentors are this incredible accountability tool. At least for me, so I love having mentors because I'll commit, I'll commit to that person. I'm going to do these things, and then come hello high water, I'm going to get that done because I don't want to waste this person's time. And if you don't give a shit about this person and you don't really like, you know, have that kind of reverence or or, or respect for that time and you just don't do, you're not, you're not going to put the work in, you're not going to have that level of uncomfortability there. So I, I guess like that makes it seem like mentors are kind of hard asses and some of them are, but, but mentors, I, I think they're so valuable because they, they care so much about your time. I guess they care about you and they want to put this time into help growing you. And I want to repay that when I have the mentor. So, you need to have someone that that gives you that level of uncomfortability and that, and that wants to, I guess, to impress them, to please them, to, to make them like you to some extent. And and I also think what you said is really important. You need to like this person. <laughs> like, that's true because you, you need to get honest with this person. Mentors aren't just, you know, a surface level conversation. You get deep with these people. So, you can't just... Just because someone says they're a mentor on LinkedIn, you know, that doesn't mean they're the right mentor for you. There there needs to be this kind of I guess like dating phase to some extent to find the right people, in my opinion. To to if you're if you're gonna bear all and you're you're gonna actually put the work in this person, find someone you love, some find someone that you kind of have
1: that reference for, so you put the work in.
0: But yeah. but finding them can that be also- hard.
1: Yeah i was just gonna say just a uh, real quick but like back to before we get to like finding a mentor i'd say other, the other piece of that too just to add uh kaylin piles is the first name that comes to mind for me she was somebody that i had on the show and she's literally had a coach or mentor since she was like i think it was like 14 years old or something Whoa. like that and so and so she's had her fair share of coaches and mentors and she spent a lot of money and she spent not a lot of money and i remember one of the main pieces of advice that she gave me about finding a good coach or mentor is exactly to your point of like, go check out their content, go see what they're publishing, go see what they write about. And if it's somebody that like, you feel like you resonate with, that's honestly, I would say step number one is like, there has to be some overlap of like, you want to spend time with this person because if you're going to take their advice, you damn well better like them. But I was going to let you continue on about finding somebody as well. Yeah, I guess,
0: I'd love your thoughts. Like you said, you found someone in your community. But how did you do that? Like tactically, if if you know dana white wants to find a mentor what's he doing how's he finding that person in this community maybe he's he's found someone online that's got that kind of content he likes but what even search what do you look for how do you reach out to them how do you go about that
1: yeah yeah i would say for me it came down to i already knew i wanted to get into the website design and agency space of like actually building websites And so it's literally started with just a Google search of like who was in my local area that was doing something that I wanted to do. And then on top of that, too, another approach that I so often hear from conversations that I have as well is referrals is like as unfortunate as that statement sounds, it is realistic of like if you just start asking people that, you know that are in your community that are already in your network because then there's this mutual degree of trust and association and they probably have similar interests. I would say those are the two biggest things is like one, who's somebody that's in that you could literally Google search online and start looking at their content. And then two is like asking anybody that's already in your associated network. I would say are probably the two best ways to go about it. If I had to say,
0: yeah, I, I agree, like if you know people, just ask the people you know. like like that is the best way to do it all, all the time. and that's why you know the having a network it can be so powerful. but it does sound like Dana White here is kind of starting from scratch and I moved to Austin six months ago from Australia. Uh, I, I knew absolutely zero people, so I guess i've I've taken on this task pretty recently. and a couple of things I guess that, that where I would start. The first one is just start going to events. Actually, if I take it a step back even further, you said something really important, Corey, is that you knew what you wanted to do. So if you get really clear about what your goals are, where you want your life to go, that actually makes it a bit easier to find a mentor because you know if if you want to build a brand agency, you want to build websites or you you want to build a startup of some kind, find the people who are a couple of steps ahead of you. That's going to make the perfect possible mentor for you. But then just start going to events where those people are going to be there. You know, like, especially in Austin, there are events every night. Like, there are conflicting events every night. There's so much stuff going on. So, so start looking up the events in your area that, you know, are going to bring together people with the same kind of interest. If, if it's a health thing, go to Corey's Health Meetup. Like, if it's a, a, a startup thing, go to the, the Founders Meetups. And just start meeting people there. Because you might not find the mentor there, but you might start to find those people that would give you referrals, like Corey mentioned. Uh then, if you're not finding much left from there, just go hard on cold outreach. <laughs> like, I, while I think Corey is the king of consistency, I am the king of cold outreach. I I do hundreds of cold outreaches a month just for people that I think are going to be interesting to meet As you know, I want to meet more product people. I find product people on LinkedIn in my area or, or not in my area that I can just have a virtual call with and I just start sending out messages. Hey, I'm Joel. Hey, I'm Joel. Like, you're doing this? That's interesting. And people will respond, not everyone, 5%, about 5% will respond. So if you send 100, you're gonna get five responses and you can start there. And then I guess, Corey, I'd be interested in your approach to this. Once you actually get into conversations with people, I never ask them to be my mentor straight up. I wanna build that relationship. Like that's, it's kind of, you know, proposing when you first meet someone. Um, I just, you know, I wanna gel with them. So I wanna get coffee with them. I, I wanna get some advice from them. And then no matter the advice they give me, actually if it's really terrible i won't do it but like whatever advice they give me that i agree with i do like to an insane level of detail if they they recommend me a book i'll read it like that night and then send them a thank you be like hey i read that book so i want to make an impression uh with them have a couple of copies and then kind of like fall into the mentoring relationship I, i don't want to be so you know thirsty about it
1: yeah i totally agree i think that can make the situation weird if you're like hey you should be my mentor because like, that's really, it's 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 like, what does that mean, yeah. right? Like, what does it actually mean to be somebody's mentor? Because realistically, all you're really looking for is somebody that has some sort of skill or knowledge that you don't have, and you're hoping to essentially learn from them to help you kind of get to the next level. And honestly, it just comes down to one, consistently being around that person, and then two, consistently having conversations with that person. And so to your... Uh, point about like I don't think it needs to be something as quote unquote formal as like I'm your you're my coach and now I'm your student and like teach me everything you know That's kind of overwhelming for both parties involved. Really, it's just like, how can I spend more time around this person that I like what they're doing and I can learn from them? And maybe that evolves into a monthly call or something more routine and more scheduled that feels like a mentorship type situation. But honestly, like those have always been my quote unquote best mentors in my life are people it's like, I think what you're doing is cool and interesting. I want to spend more time around you. If somebody's looking for that, like very structured mentorship type approach. The two things that come to mind for me, I've only used one of two of them, but one of them is coach.me. It's a website, I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but basically you can go in there and you can find coaches for literally anything you've ever wanted to get better at, whether it's a business coach or playing guitar or being better at networking or learning a new language, whatever it is, is like you can go to coach.me.com. And the other one too, which I have used, it's called score.org and they have free mentorships. Uh, or free mentors, I should say, where you can go in there and you can find somebody in specific like business skills, business topics, industries where people are already on there waiting and like willing to mentor people totally for free. Um, I don't even know there might be a paid program within that, but I do know for sure because I've used mentors and coaches on there before, um, where it's like it's a lot more structured thing. We we met every like two. Two months or something like that and it was like like what was the progress you, st- you stay back and forth in conversation with emails so they actually know like if you're working towards these goals and then you have check-ins and so like it's a little bit more of a structured approach but again to kind of to your point i've found more value out of just like finding people within my network or in my community or in my industry that I'm like, you're doing some cool. I don't know if we can cuss shit We can. and I just want to spend more time. Okay, cool. I want to, I want to spend more time around you and like, cause I call people, my mentors all the time. Like I'll, I'll say I learned something from my mentor. I never told them they were my yeah. mentor. I never like, I never put this hard label around that com or that relationship, but there's a lot of people in my life that I look up to and just am constantly learning from Yeah.
0: I actually think that's a really important distinction is that there is, you know, very formal mentoring and very formal mentoring programs. And I guess the approach I often go to is that more informal, which is, you know, you build these relationships with people, like you said, who know something that that you want to learn. So I guess, you know, we've given a lot of advice on there's these more formal programs that, that Corey's mentioned. I guess also another one to add to that is good co-working spaces will have mentors available. So if you go to the co-working spaces that, not WeWork, but like the more kind of like independent co-working spaces, they bring together a really good community of mentors and it's a great place to start. It might not be your forever mentor, but it will be a good place to start. So we go to the formal approach or, or the more informal approach. So let's wrap this one up and we're going to give uh, we're going to give Dana White a final judgment here. So it sounds like step one, know where you're going, get some goals. And that is a big topic in itself, which is probably for another podcast. Um then uh decide whether or not you want to go down a, a more formal or a more for, more informal approach if you want to go down a more formal approach you know go through these websites look up mentoring platforms that they definitely exist or go to co-working spaces or if it's more informal stack on events that many people start asking for referrals um or just start doing cold outreach like me and uh and just start throwing them out there and see what comes back and just have a conversation see if you gel and then just progressively spend more time together you know until you Uh, you're both getting a win out of that relationship.
1: Yeah. I would totally agree. I would say to anyone listening is that the two biggest influences on, on your life will always be people and environments. And so keeping that in mind, I think it's really important to like get around the right people. And to your point exactly, if there's the co-working space that you can get involved with, like those are going to have such a big impact on your life. It's unbelievable. I can look back of every chapter of my life and it's always been a direct reflection of the people and the environments that I'm around, which is a big reason that I'm in Austin, Texas. And I'm sure you are as well, Joel is like the people and environments here are definitely keep me motivated. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap that one up and we're going to move on to the next email today. So this next email is called Startup job makes me feel like a failure A few months back I was sacked to start as a solo designer at a tiny startup Everything went downhill when they sprung animations on me I'm a designer not an animator And this has thrown me into a full blown crisis I've been burning the candle at both ends trying to learn But it's now clear I can't do it I missed an important deadline today And the blow has been devastating I feel like I failed even though animations were never part of the original deal. Now I'm doubting everything. Is this what working in a startup means? Should I have been able to adapt? I'm in a bad place and could really use some advice. If you've been here before, I'd appreciate any insight. Hoping for some help, Tom Hanks.
1: Tom Hanks. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. You're I'll, the best. I'd love to have Tom on the show. God, yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know if it much
0: sense, but God, it'd be fun.
1: <laughs> freaking Forrest Gump that's my girlfriend's <laughs> favorite movie it's amazing um do you want to start do you want to start or Do you want me to start jump in man I, I this is a tough one yeah I, I agree I the first thing that came to mind for me was communication and boundaries um but I will say like in the startup world yeah there's some degree of expectations of wearing multiple hats and kind of learning as you go But honestly, I think at the end of the day, like if if somebody is feeling like they're challenged with the obstacles in front of them or the task that's been put at hand, that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think anybody would be challenged with trying to learn a new skill in as quick a timeline as possible. But realistically, I think that they're maybe putting more pressure on themselves than is necessary by not just communicating maybe with who with who their team is or who they're working with about what the expectations are and how long something like that might take. If you have no experience in illustration, the expectation should not be that you learn illustration in a super short amount of time and have mastered the art of the skill. Right. And I think that just comes down to having a conversation. And so that's the first thing that comes to mind. But again, too, I think there might be a degree of kind of to our earlier conversation of knowing what you want, um, if you if you if you are maybe looking for something that is more stay in your lane a little bit more consistent and predictable maybe the startup world isn't where you should be I don't, I don't know what are your thoughts yeah it's a hard one because
0: startups are pretty crazy environments but the there are startups you know where it can be you know, a tough, a challenging, a stressful place, but still, you know, overall very healthy and great for your career if that's what you're into. Um, and, you know, if you're a designer and you get thrown an animation with a reasonable timeline and with the reasonable support, that that could be amazing, you know, like that could be a great spot. But also some startups are toxic places, like whether whether or not you're made for startups, it could just be a terrible place to work. You could have some like, you know, terrible founders and, Businesses don't get founded by people without egos a lot of the time so you you might just be coming you might be in a tough spot but I guess you know if if, if I if I try to generalize which we've got pretty limited information um, so so we're gonna have to is that I'd say yeah like I think this is a communication fail Pro- probably on both both parties to be honest but if you committed to this deadline uh, to, to learn this new skill like maybe the expectation to learn a new skill wasn't wasn't reasonable but the other day you agreed to it so everyone else kind of went on with their time and was expecting this from you and, and the reason you're feeling you know so stressed and challenged and, and and burnt out in this is because you agreed to something you know you know you shouldn't have and you have put yourself into a tough position so i would i would just say like prevent these situations wherever you can be up front like be willing to give it a crack but, but be really clear from the beginning and, and give a lot of updates that you know i've got no experience with this i've never done this before but i'm willing to give it a go but i'm probably going to need some help like can we get me a coach can we get me an advisor that can support along with this okay can, can we get an external consultant for this very first time but but you know if from day one if you're just saying i'll give it a go then in my mind that's kind of on you which is which is rough because you know maybe these founders are being tough but As a founder, I would expect you to communicate back to me in this situation if you're unable to do it.
1: Yeah, I totally echo everything you're saying and exactly to that point about the communication aspect of it. And generally speaking too, I think it's important to know as humans that we overestimate what we can do in so many circumstances. And I think it's also important to note that it's also a lot easier to say yes than it is to say no, generally speaking, is like we assume that we could get... I would say step one is like to step back and realize everything that you want to do for the most part in life takes longer than you expect it to. As crazy as that is, it's like as I continue to, I don't know, age and become more wise, I'm 35, not that I'm like this wise Yoda. But I begin to realize that honestly, in most cases, I can do so much less than I think I can. <laughs> it's, yeah. Everything takes longer than I expected to. And so, something as like, yeah, I, f- I feel like I could probably learn illustration. I think anybody could. I would argue it's, I guarantee it'll take longer than I expected it to, but that's true for everything, right? And so, I think giving yourself so much buffer on the timeline could be super helpful on like whatever whatever these tasks are that your startups give to you is like being respectful of the fact of like everything takes longer than you expect yeah and then communicating that like you said very clearly of like i've never done this this is probably going to take some time i probably need some help some mentors some coaches whatever yeah but yeah
0: and i guess like if if we go back to the end of that email like Tom's in this tough spot now, and he wants. to I guess he he, he wants you know s- some advice on the situation he's in. And I'll I'll just be honest, but but first of all, like this is to some extent what happens in startups. You know, you, big expectations get put on you, especially in the early days, and and like and that is an exciting thing. So I echo Corey too. Like if that's where you want to be, where you where you want to get pushed harder than you would in a normal environment, if you want to stretch and you want to grow then this could be a great spot for you and you just need to ask yourself those questions. You know, startups are over-glamorized and I think a lot of people end up in startups just because they seem cool, but they are a tough place to be. So if it's the right place, then like, you can you can get by this, like, you know, you've failed one deadline. It sounds like you're absolutely killing it. People are only gonna give you more and more work if you're killing it to date. So look at all the all the wins you've had and then just be honest, say like, I fucked this up, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't get it right. I missed the deadline. And I shouldn't have committed in the first place and and then work on that communication, use it as a learning as you go forward and and just see, you know, work with the founder, work with the, the, you know, the executive team and see what needs to happen to move forward to to get past this. But I wouldn't let this, you know, end your time in a startup. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd think more about what you want.
1: Yeah. And as a final point too. uh, speaking of mentorship from the last topic, I had a mentor, never called him my mentor, but he gave me a piece of advice once when I was in a pretty dark spot as well. Like very challenged by the workload. There's a lot of stuff going on in my personal life. I was, I was going through a a divorce at the time. And I remember he gave me a piece of advice and he said, are you going to be worried about the things you're worried about right now, six months from now? And I was like, probably not. And he's like, well, then why are you so stressed about it now? And so I think that's just like, I've, I've carried that with me ever since. Like whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed by deadlines or projects or relationships or whatever it is, is that like reminding myself that I could almost guarantee you in six months, I'm going to look back at that and go, why was I so stressed about that? Like it was actually so much less of a burden in my life than I thought it was. And so I think that's just an important reminder.
0: I, I constantly have to remind myself of that point because sometimes, not sometimes, regularly I'm like everything's bad everything's on fire (laughs) and then you know (laughs) payroll you know was just an issue with the system that's not the end of the world just
1: deal with it and get on with it tomorrow everything feels like the world's on fire in the moment but I think just having some foresight to be like uh, I'm not even gonna think twice about this probably in a very short amount of time yeah all right so my final judgment
0: is work out what you want to do and make the decision in line with that work out if you want to be in a startup and then two is in any job that you take on, just communicate, over communicate if you have to. If you're worried about something, just be upfront about it. And then, uh, and then the position you're at now, go to your, go to the founder, go to the person you're working with, and just tell them what happened. Tell them that you overcommitted and that you yeah, you made a mistake. What's your final judgment, Corey?
1: My final judgment is that if this is actually Tom Hanks and you're worried about startup problems, I think you should go back to acting. That's my final judgment. (laughs) That's true because he seems to be okay at acting. Yeah, you're good at that. Stick to what you're good at. That's all I got to say. All
0: right, let's uh, let's move on to the next email. All right, this email is called How to manage a project as a first-time founder. I'm a first-time founder standing at the helm of a team of seven. And admittedly, feeling a bit lost at sea. See? Analogies. We want these analogies. Uh, (laughs) The individuals are keen to contribute their diverse skill sets, yet they're looking for me for a clear direction. A role I'm unaccustomed to and a responsibility I'm struggling to shoulder. Although I'm the sole developer of our product, my duties have ballooned beyond coding. I'm finding myself tangled in the wires of managing the team, setting goals and developing a cogent plan for our upcoming September launch. It's nerve-wracking being the youngest and the one in charge. I worry my lack of experience will show and let the team down. I'm here seeking guidance on how to effectively manage a team and ensure a successful execution of my first project. How do I instill confidence in a team when I'm grappling with my own doubts? Love, Keanu Reeves.
1: I love Keanu yeah. Reeves. It's, it's nice he took the time to favorite, write in. One of my favorite movies, The <laughs> Matrix? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um i'm gonna take a quick stab at this and then ping it back to you here pretty quickly the thing that really rings true for me on this one is i had a i have a really good buddy of mine who was in a similar circumstance for a an, a chain of aldi grocery stores you know what aldi is I don't know if you're yeah yeah
0: they're, they're huge in Australia
1: yeah oh yeah they're i mean they're they're big everywhere actually i know they're national i think they started in what like germany or something like that i don't know Anyways. Uh, he was put into immediately after college into a, uh, a management position for like a whole chain of all these and was like immediately thrown into leadership. And it was one of those things where like, I think when he started, he was maybe like 22, something of that form, like very young, already put in chart in front of a, a lot of people. And what I saw in him was exactly what I hear in this Keanu Reeves situation is just the imposter syndrome of being put into a situation where you've never done it, you have no history, and it would be unreasonable for you to feel anything other than what you feel right now. You've never done this before, or you've done it very little. So like, why should there be this high degree of confidence or even competence in the circumstance, right? What I would say though, is that for anybody else in that sim- similar circumstance, cause we all go through it, we all go through that phase of feeling unworthy, feeling like an imposter, feeling like we have no idea what we're doing. I think it's an important reminder from the get-go to know everybody goes through it and that really the only way through it is to continue to put one foot in front of the other and eventually as you walk through the fog, clarity will start to happen the clouds will start to part you'll start to have an idea of what you're doing and what direction you want to go but i think from what i'm hearing from this circumstance is that it's really just a matter of accepting the circumstance that you're in is like it would be unreasonable to think otherwise and i think it's okay to be concerned about where you're sitting at in this exact moment but to just keep continuing forward that's what i would say
0: i i mostly agree what i would say though is that it doesn't get clear at any point. I think it kind of, you know, you are a founder now and every stage is like this. You've never, you know, managed seven people and then you've never managed 17 people and then you've never managed 70 people. Every stage comes with its own challenges where you're like, holy shit, am I allowed to be doing this? And, and that kind of, you know, new challenge is what's so addictive and attractive about the startup world but it's also, you know, where the fear comes from, and and the the adrenaline to 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 kind of like push through this. So I think it's it's kind of like phases. You will get some clarity here, but then you're going to be hit with another challenge, which is just as big, if not bigger, and you're going to look back and be like, God, I wish it was, you know, just that managing seven people for the first time, because the the stakes continue to get bigger, and the better you do your job, the bigger the stakes get. So I do think you'll you'll, you'll find clarity, but. But I think what Corey said is actually really, really true, which is that it's about accepting your position. But, but I do think that, you know, there, there are things that you need to know and things that you need to do in this kind of situation. You need to start to understand that you're never going to have all of the information and you're never going to always make the right decisions. You're going to make it sometimes, you're going to make it wrong sometimes as well. And the, the further you go and the more you learn from the mistakes you make, the more often you're going to be right. And that's what you need to aim for. So, I, I, when I was younger, I was 19. I started um, managing uh, this big surf lifesaving organization I was involved in. And I was managing people that were, you know, like 50 years old when I was 19. And, and I was terrified of that. But what I realized is that you don't have all the information and you just need to make a decision. And then when you make that decision, you need to have conviction about it that we are doing this and I will own the outcome. And if it's right, great. But if it's wrong, that's fine too. You own that mistake and then you just move forward. Because it doesn't need to be right every single time. And when you do that and you take accountability for the actions and you take ability for the I guess accountability for the outcomes, that group of seven is just gonna have nothing but respect for you. Cause they don't expect you to be right all the time. Because they're in the same position. You know, they're still working it out too. Everyone's on their own journey and everyone is always just making it up. They don't know what they're doing. Everyone's just kind of like, holy shit, why am I in this position as well? (laughs) So so just make the call, get as much information as you have and, and make the best call at the time and then just move forward, own the outcomes and then take another step.
1: Yeah. And even kind of to my story about my buddy too, who is running that chain of all these, I, I forgot to mention real quickly, the thing that I learned from him from going through that experience of being young and overwhelmed was just it's so funny. Your original question, because it goes back to that piece of just mentorship is that having somebody to lean on, right? Is that there's been people that have gone before you and have done what you've done that know more and could help you prevent a lot of mistakes to Joel's point is like, you're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to make the right decision, but having people or somebody ahead of you that has already done or walked the path that you want to walk. I, I promise you there's somebody out there that has done it is like leaning on them in those moments. Cause that was a lot of what I was helping him out when he was running these Aldis was like, we would talk regularly about like just challenges that he was dealing with and leadership issues that he was struggling with. And, um, having walked some of that path before him, I, I knew some of the pitfalls that he was going to run into. And so like, For this person, Keanu Reeves or whoever you are, is that having somebody in front of you that you can lean on for support when you are put in situations of like, I don't know what to do. I feel overwhelmed. What would me maybe the right thing to be thinking about in this circumstance can be beyond valuable.
0: Yeah. I, I think that could actually be the answer To every question we ever read Which is get a mentor They're so good And if you go yeah. back to question one We told you how to get one So you know Get that mentor It will, it will add so much value to your life Like you won't even There's no way to measure it Because it would just be amazing And if they're not You've probably got the wrong fit there But over time That shit stacks Do you
1: follow Mr. Beast? This is kind I of love Mr. Beast bit. And god it would be a dream To get him on the show <laughs> so he he talks a lot about that actually is like people will DM him and regularly reach out to him and they're always asking him for advice and he's always willing he's he's actually very like responsive and he'll he'll tell people advice and kind of like help coach slash mentor them in terms of like the YouTube world obviously if nobody knows what we're talking about Mr. Beast is like the number one youtuber I think last time I checked he has like a hundred and seventy something million subscribers on YouTube nuts. and uh, yeah it's crazy but Uh, that's one of the things that he honestly regularly talks about, even like when he's on podcast shows himself or having conversations with people is he goes, literally it's very simple. Find somebody who's doing what you're doing and then basically learn from them. Like let them coach and mentor you and just do what they say. Like that's literally the life hack for anything you want to do. Like if you just took Mr. Beast's brain and everything he knew and he stuck it in your head you'd probably have a giant YouTube channel as well. And the reason he has such a giant YouTube channel is because he has this knowledge in his brain that nobody else has, or at least most people don't have. There's other big YouTubers. But like that's the hack is like, so if you're in that circumstance like Keanu Reeves of like, oh, I don't know what to do, we'll find the human that does know what to do and learn from them.
0: Yeah. All right, let's close this one out. Uh, final judgment is fundamental, and then make the decision and own the outcome. It's all about conviction and then accountability of outcomes
1: yeah and i would just also add that piece too of um having realistic expectations of it would be unreasonable to think otherwise in your current circumstance i think that's just yeah. a, i always try to remind people of that as well is when they're feeling stressed about some circumstances like you would be unreasonable to think otherwise it's okay yeah <laughs> like, yeah, anyone's yeah gonna
0: that's feel that true way. that's uh keanu it is okay it's all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well um that's, that's the last question for today. So uh, now we're coming to the absolute audience favorite part of the show, plugs. So
1: tell us, Corey, what are you plugging? What's going on? Uh, I didn't know how there was a plug a moment of the show. Um, plugs, the Health Hustle podcast, Austin, Texas. It's focused on the entrepreneurs in Austin, Texas, about how they built their lessons or how they built their business and the lessons learned along the way um my meetup group's pretty awesome like you mentioned before so if you're in the austin area and you like health fitness wellness and business we would love for you to come out we meet the first thursday of every month um i don't know i don't think i'm forgetting anything else i help you with marketing if you need help with marketing let me know that's about all i got
0: awesome and we're going to put links to all that stuff in the show notes as well and then plug for me like and subscribe on this podcast go to your favorite podcast platform subscribe Give us five stars, then go to your friends' phones, your parents' phones, subscribe on those as well. Download every episode and just listen to them on repeat. Uh, on top of that, if you've got questions, uh, we love them. So send them through. Send them through to podcast at joelditropani.com. Again, that's in the notes. And then lastly, I'm going to put my a Calendly link in the show notes too if you want to have a conversation if you've got questions that you want to learn about product or growing a business I'm having conversations with people every week just find a time that works for you and we can have a a chat one-on-one as well anyways let's wrap this one up Corey thank you so much for arguing and laughing with me today Uh, I think the audience will get a lot out of this one so this has been another episode of the do as I say not as I did podcast Uh, we'll see you next time guys woo thanks brother